Hey, it's Gary and Shannon. You're about to embark on yet another great adventure with the Gary and Shannon Show. A reminder, we want you to make sure that you look at the iHeart app and hit the follow button on the Gary and Shannon Show podcast so that you can get updates on what's going on with our podcast. Don't forget to share it as well. Get it? It's adventure music. Also, share it on Facebook, Twitter, wherever you have that opportunity, and tell a friend about what you're listening to when you listen to the Gary and Shannon Show. We have a uh, new, well, actually, we have an old lineup here on KFI. We've changed <laughs> our numbers. Gary and Shannon uh, start from uh, 10 o'clock now. They go 10 to 2. Gary Hoffman. Yeah, this is permanent. Yeah, every day. Yeah, we'll see how that Until little, uh, uh, somebody else has uh, another bright idea. Shannon Farron. My mouth hurts. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my ears hurt. Gary and Shannon. So you got to stick around. Gary and Shannon. We're keeping an eye on Santa Ana right now. Medical center locked down. A lot of police activity in the area on North Tustin Avenue there, just west of the 55. There was a report of a man with a gun on the property. The Orange County Global Medical Center put on lockdown. It was a call from inside the hospital indicating a man with a gun. Now, police have not confirmed there is a guy with a gun inside the medical center, but as in, at an abundance of caution, they've shut down nearby streets while they investigate. They've got uh, officers, staff members all out in the parking lot there. It's weird. They didn't say that they were looking for shots fired or trying to uh, respond to uh, reports of shots fired, just responding to reports of somebody with a gun, so... Uh, again, Orange County Global Medical Center down in Santa Ana, considered on lockdown right now. So we'll keep an eye on that. Well, there's a lot going on today on this uh, Tuesday. It's May 15th. The tree lady finally came down all by herself. Why did we put that much effort into getting a woman out of a tree? I don't understand. Why does she get two Happy Meals? And did she get a Chicken McNuggets Happy Meal and then a hamburger Happy Meal? Or was it the same happy meal that she received. I would not say hamburger. I would say cheeseburger. I mean, in terms of if I was laying a bet, I would say yes to the chicken. And yes, the second one was an alternate version and it was a cheeseburger. I would do the exact same thing. And I would opt for the fries, not the apple slices. Oh, who even gets apple slices? That's child abuse. Uh, well, one could say that it's McDonald's way of tackling the obesity crisis. Then don't go to McDonald's. You were in a good mood this morning. I don't know what happened and something in the last happened 30 minutes. <laughs> and everything went to hell. Uh, we also have a great story out of San Diego where if you've ever seen Mean Girls, imagine Mean Girls plus 60 years. It's like a senior center where the Mean Girls world has just kind of transformed itself. Well, I was just talking to Handel about this, and uh, what they have deduced from the situation is that bullying has exploded at these senior centers and nursing homes because these are people who have no control over anything in their lives anymore, and they've got to find a way to get some control, and so they're getting control over their peers in the form of name-calling, exclusion. (laughs) So isn't that proof to to everyone that bullying is sort of, built into our yes, psyche as humans that's what we do right. i'm not saying i condone it or i suggest that that's a great way to go about life but it's kind of a hard thing to ignore it's about a survival the, of the fittest type yeah, of thing exactly yeah also some old people are just mean well there's that 
they, uh, they're tired, all right? I think it's probably where it comes from. They're just tired. I think I'm going to be very mean. My wife says all the time. She's You're just, mean now. She's going to let what? it fly. Not to me, but to other people. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I mean to? I am a delight. <laughs> You're going to be the best in the home, Shannon. Oh, You're going to be so much fun. I, I agree. We have a Tasty Tuesday with Neil Saavedra coming up at the uh, in the 1 o'clock hour. We're going to talk about a very fun story about Justin Timberlake changing people's dietary habits. And actually... I'm in love with Justin Timberlake. I've said this before. I want to be Justin when I grow up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's either Justin or, or now uh, Donald Glover, one of those two okay. guys. Or a combination of the two. I don't mind. It's fine by me. Ooh, um, that's, a, that's a good combo. See, that you'd have to choose yeah. between those two. But anyway, we're going to talk about his uh, brasberries when we come up uh, at one thirty. But we start with the Turpin family part due, or is it? This was a family we heard about late yesterday out of Fairfield. We're talking about a mother who is 30, a father who is 29, and they have how many kids? Well, 10. I saw 10. There may be an 11th floating around somewhere. Yeah, she has 11. Well, the Hold first on. one, I believe, is not from this husband, is how I, yeah. Yeah. There's a I few read that about aren't it. from this husband. Yeah. So it's a lifestyle choice. I mean, that's what she said. Well, says. she said she grew up in foster care. She never had that love. She always wanted a big family. And so she started making babies as soon as possible. Yeah. Well, here's the deal. Yeah, let's go back to March 31st because that's when this, this, uh, this started popping off, to quote Petros. There was an investigation that started March 31st with a missing child report. Yeah, I guess one of the, uh, one of the kids, a 12-year-old boy, Goes out for a walk. We'll actually hear from mom because she gave an interview a little bit later. Because yeah. uh, she gave an interview about this whole situation. Incredibly well-spoken uh, and and uh, pretty. She was put together. I mean, she had her hair and makeup done before she did this interview, et cetera. Uh, but she'll, t- she'll explain this in, in a few minutes when we play her cuts. But 12-year-old walks away from home at about 1 in the afternoon and never comes back. So... Later that night, several hours later, after searching the home, searching the neighborhood, she calls the police to have them come and help find her kid. One of the things that they do, if you call, is they search your house. Well, yeah, they found the kid. He was returned. The officers then conducted what they call a health and safety search. They described the home, and this is going to sound Turpin-like, as having human and animal feces and urine on the floor, as well as spoiled food and garbage. In some areas, the cops say debris was piled to the point of making it unable to pass through. Ten kids are inside. They range in age from four months to 12 years old. They are taken out immediately. Immediately, they get interviewed by Child Protective Services, whatever the agency is called up there in Solano County. Uh, They are eventually placed with various family members, it's during this investigation, during the questioning of the kids, the police family violence unit, the child welfare services, and the DA's office all begin the investigation because the statements that came from the kids amounted to what investigators are saying is intentional physical abuse, that this was a long and continuous history of severe physical and emotional abuse of the children. That's from the statement from the police department. I um, 
Dad was arrested, by the way. He's the biological father of some of the children. He faces seven counts of torture, nine counts of felony child abuse. He's got face tattoos, neck tattoos. Which only means that he has face tattoos and neck tattoos. Especially according to mom. When we hear from her when we come back, she kind of uh, talks about that and, and defends herself and her husband and the living conditions. She has an explanation for it all. All of it. Gary and Shannon will continue just a moment. Also... Your opportunity to win $1,000 will tell you how you can do that. Gary and Shannon, how about you start your Tuesday with $1,000? Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword bank to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's bank to 200-200. Winners notified by phone. So you got to answer that phone if they call you to let you know that you won. Otherwise, they will give it away to somebody else. There's another chance to win an hour from now. And then, in fact, every hour through the first hour of the Conway Show tonight. Where we last left you, we were talking about Ina Rogers and Jonathan Allen. They've got about 11 kids between the two of them. And there was a discovery back in March after their 12-year-old went missing. And they got into the house and they described feces on the floor, human and animal. And it was just piled up, a hoarding situation maybe. It started a six-week child abuse investigation. The kids were taken in. They were interviewed. And eight of them described attacks about attacks causing puncture wounds, burns, bruising, uh, repeatedly getting shot with a pellet gun. Some had visible scars. And I got I, my mind does go a little bit to the McMartin case when you've got multiple kids and who knows how they're being questioned and things like that. But anyway, dad faces seven counts of torture, nine counts of felony abuse. He is in in jail, five million dollars in change bail. The mother has been charged with a misdemeanor count of child endangerment. Just one, right? I mean, right. A single count. They are evaluating whether to file additional charges, but that's all they've got her on. So she was released, and she's talking to the media. All right. This is her interview where she's explaining when she first came back to the house when the police were executing the search warrant. I come home to police in my front yard, and my door is busted open. And they approached me, and they said, ma'am, we arrested your husband on abuse and torture. And I said, and they were like, don't act surprised. We have a warrant to check your home. You go stand on the corner. And so I went over there and I sit on the corner and I'm shaking and crying and I don't know what is going on. And then I go in my house. First of all, they never showed me a warrant. And when I went in there, they completely tore my house apart. What they're looking for, I have no idea. But my house is demolished from the search that they did. And they kicked my door in. That was unnecessary. If they would have knocked on the door, my husband would have came to the door all of this is blown way out of proportion i have no idea why i'm easily judged because i'm 31 years old and i have 11 children but i work hard for my children i'm in the medical field because i want to help people i work every day to aid in the help against saving lives why would i ever have a house full of children that were abused or allow them to be abused anybody who knows me personally knows that i couldn't this is out of my character absolutely not this is these are all these allegations are ludicrous. All right. Now, there, there is a possibility. I mean, in in whichever scenario you believe, there is a possibility that dad is the one who has been abusing the kids and mom knew nothing about it. A possibility. Let Likelihood me, is very slim. Let me ask you this. Eleven kids in one house. Twelve is the oldest. 
I have three nephews, all right, uh, 8 to 16. When they play, they, it is freaking war sometimes. Yes. It is roughhousing. Right. It is, you know, and they're not hurt, but they end up with bruises. They end up with scrapes. They end up with knots on their head. And there's no child abuse going on. It's just when you have a number of kids that are young kids, there's going to be play fighting. And so, I mean, you could explain away some of the bruising and things of, of that nature sure. due to 11 kids in one house. But but let's not forget the human feces on the floor. Yeah, that's the part that, that really is the problem. Uh, uh, I know it's thing. hard to keep things clean. You know, you've got two parents. They don't have any help. And that's what one of the social workers told the mother. And that's in one of the cuts. Yes, where she was talking about why... Um, uh, let me see if it's this one. My children love me so much. On the phone, when I was talking to my husband, he said, all those children are my best friends because that's what they are to us. My children are my life. I don't know about that, but I, I, it's weird that she says her children love her so much. T- to me, that was a weird way to put it. Anyway. One CPS lady said to me that there's no such thing as superheroes. So she told me I need to get psychiatrically evaluated because it's impossible for a woman that's 31 years old to have a full-time job, take care of these children in homeschool because superheroes aren't real. Yeah, we also Kate plus eight. (laughs) You know, we know how hard it can be. It's difficult. 12 kids. But listen, and there is a possibility that with 12 kids, I've had this before, there is going to be poop on the floor at some point. At some point, raising a child... There will be a poo oh, on the floor. There's always going to be a poop on the floor. The question is, how long does it stay there? I think is probably right. the better question. Well, and that's a lot. Of, that's a lot of balls to juggle. If you're working full time, yes, and you've got all those kids. I don't know what dad does. I don't know if he's a stay-at-home dad. Uh, I don't know. I, don't I saw know. in one story that he was a tattoo artist that explained why he's got all the ink. Yeah, she said when she was talking to reporters too. And it, by the way, this is the kind of denial I want to hear when somebody's charged with a crime. This is what I want to hear. I no way. I love those kids. This is why. This is what happened. You know. This is. And I, I know defense attorneys will tell you to shut the hell up. Right. But that's the kind of thing you want to hear from. Somebody. It's at least refreshing that someone's out there fighting. Right. You know. I mean, and if she could say something like, "Ask the family. Ask my family. Ask my neighbors." Yeah. Although some of the neighbors have said they didn't realize that there were children in the house. That's bizarre. That is I, bizarre. I looked up the little cul-de-sac that they ask, live on. What's the neighborhood look like? Beautiful, beautiful okay. neighborhood. You know, two, three car garages, probably eighteen hundred, two thousand square That's foot house. That's troubling. It's, That's troubling because you'd think kids would be playing outside, at least coming and going, and things. You of would that constantly nature. hear them. Well, and I think her mother, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, had had called and reported child abuse on her and her sister. And it, it sounds like a bad family mechanics. Yeah, there was an allegation that the, uh, this woman's mom was making up stories about the sister as well. So uh, who yeah. knows? But it's a weird twist on what we saw with the Turpin case. Because, yes. because first of all, she's out and able to speak to the media. Louise Turpin is never going to get out on bail. So we're never going to hear from her unless something weird happens. Um, but she at least is out there. Uh, had the good sense to throw on a quick, uh, you know, quick brush through the hair kind of thing, quick makeup application, a nice uh, coat before she got out there and started talking to the It's media. like the Amber Fry treatment, but without Gloria Allred. You spruce yourself up a little bit for the cameras. A nice callback. Thank you. Somebody else got sucked out of a plane. Oh, my gosh. Can we, st- can we stop getting sucked out of planes already?
getting tiresome. <laughs> Do you need a Diet Coke? No, I'm fine. Okay. I am just fine. You know what it is? I have to go to the dentist today. Yeah, you were kind of down about that yesterday already. It's just a cleaning. It's not like you have to get a root canal. Maybe I do. No, you don't. Maybe they're going to surprise me with it or something. It's fine. Tear in the skies when we come back. Also, what animals are you allowed to bring on planes? We have the answers. You. Some of these will surprise you. American Airlines <laughs> yes. has like thrown uh, yes. all rules out the window when it comes to emotional support animals. All right, that's all coming up next. Gary and Shannon will continue. Gary and Shannon, well, it looks like the royal wedding drama continues. Meghan Markle's dad having a change of heart, saying now he does want to walk his daughter down the aisle, but that he probably can't because he's back in the hospital after experiencing serious chest pains. So are they going to do odds on... uh on whether or not he walks her down the aisle on Saturday? There are a number of prop bets that have sprung up. I'm going to see if Liz is around. I want to see if she's making any bets. On the wedding? Yeah. Can she? I mean, because some of them have to do with her. I don't think she's told no. It's probably true. You know, and she's got a number of people that can make the bets for her. Is there a Queen Hall of Fame she'd get banned from or anything? Uh... That's a good question. I think she, she probably runs the Hall of Fame, doesn't she? Right. She's, I would she's wager. One. I would wager a bet that this is the first time that there has been a connection between Queen Elizabeth and Pete Rose. Probably. Wow. At the uh, top of uh, next hour, we're going to get into a story, a true crime story about the guy in Orange County accused of killing women simply because he hated them, and this weird disassociative personality disorder that he had, where he would just completely disconnect from reality while he was committing these crimes. We'll talk about that. But first, it's time for Terror in the Skies. Flight 209, you are cleared for takeoff. Roger. Get off my plane. Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? Enough is enough! I have had it with these monkey-fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane! It's Gary and Shannon's Terror in the Skies on KFI. When you flew to Thailand, did you fly... Sichuan Airlines? Yeah. No. I flew... uh, It wasn't like it was two years ago. It was like six weeks ago. Southern China Air, I think. Sichuan Airlines Flight 3U8633 was en route from Chongqing in the southwest China to Tibet when the mishap struck. Uh Uh-oh. Passengers were being served their breakfast... When the plane plunged suddenly to 24,000 feet, the oxygen masks dropped as the plane fell. One passenger said, we didn't know what was going on and we panicked. The oxygen masks dropped. We experienced a few seconds of free fall before it stabilized again. In the meantime, the co-pilot sitting in the right seat as you're looking down the aisle at the uh, front of the plane... He gets sucked out of the cracked windshield. I would have imagined that they would have been built a little stronger than that. But, hey, this thing cracks, makes a loud bang. The pilot says, the next thing I know, my co-pilot had been sucked halfway out. Luckily, the co-pilot was wearing a seatbelt. Okay, but that 
He was dragged back into the chaos of the cockpit where pressure and temperature had dropped and equipment was failing. Everything in the cockpit was floating in the air, according to the captain. I couldn't hear the radio. The plane was shaking so hard I could not read the gauges. A deafening sound flooded the cockpit. I have a friend. That's a pilot. He's a pilot. Andy. And, and we talk about the uh, – uh, he tells me about his uh, uh, flight simulator training that they go through every year. They do like a full week of, of full training, and they do – they throw everything at these people, right? If they put them in this fake plane and then like make the plane cut in half. Okay, land it. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, just crazy scenarios. I don't know if there's a scenario for – your co-pilot is being sucked halfway out the window. Now land the plane. Well, here's the thing. The co-pilot just ended up with a sprained wrist and facial cuts. That's pretty good. I mean, I would imagine that because he was still belted in, he didn't really get... You're still a good two feet, three feet away from the actual windshield. The captain has been praised, as you can imagine, on social media for bringing the plane down safely. Um, some have been call, calling for this guy to get an award, but others have been demanding better safety measures. Um, one <laughs> one person on social media using the name Lazy Pig Girl. We'll address that in a I'm minute. hoping the translation is prettier than that. Lazy Pig Girl wrote, how could this sort of thing happen? Please investigate the reason and punish the people responsible. Take this as an example to make sure nothing irreversible ever happens. Lazy pig girl. What's the what's the chances that lazy pig girl's comment on social media got included in this article from the BBC simply because her name online is lazy pig girl? Lazy pig girl. So I uh, I translated it from English into a very simple Chinese. I mean, uh-huh. it's I don't know which specific dialect she was using to come up with her moniker, but lazy pig girl loosely translates to Lanju de Nuhai. That sounds prettier than lazy pig girl. Speaking of terror in the skies, a story that uh, just dominated the world, it seemed, for a couple of years was MH Flight 370, Malaysia Airlines Flight 370, which disappeared with almost 240 people on board. Can you believe 200 and I'm sorry, 240, 239 people on board more than four years ago is when it was deliberately crashed into the Indian Ocean, according to a TV news program. Uh, investigators are still looking for the vast majority of that airplane. There have been pieces that have come up uh, and, and found on different islands and beaches, et cetera, but they're still looking for the uh, rest of the airplane. But 60 Minutes Australia brought together an international group of aviation experts who say that the disappearance of MH370 was a criminal act by the veteran p- captain. He was killing himself, unfortunately, according to a Canadian air crash investigator. He was killing everybody else on board, and he did it deliberately. Yeah, they said that their big clue about why they believe he did this deliberately was it took the ability to know where each and every country's airspace radars would be and how to get through them without being detected. Interesting. Uh, the military did not come and intercept the craft, uh, but it did the job, basically. He reconstructed one of the pilots that was interviewed about this, reconstructed the flight pan, a plan based on military radar and said that he was flying along the border of Malaysia and Thailand, crossing in and out of each country's airspace to avoid detection. And why did uh, 
somebody was looking out the window, uh, made a strange discovery. Captain Shaw likely dipped a plane's wing over Penang, his hometown. It's terrible, um, but it kind of makes me feel better a little bit. Well, at least it answers questions. Because here's the thing. What are the chances that there's going to be a pilot that wants to commit murder-suicide with 260 people? Well, It's, n- it's, it's not going to happen. But, you know, you think about a faulty airplane, and that can happen in my mind. You know, that's much more easy for an easier jump for me to make. It's a, you know, that there could be more faulty airplanes that just disappear like this. Uh, but it seems well, my- rarer that it would be a, a pilot to commit this kind of crime my question would be why would he go all the way out into the indian ocean to do this why why would he why would the plane travel for hours and hours and hours well was it, it finally hit the water relatively on the same route uh or in the in the general no, area it made it, it i mean it, he 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 would have had to go the right direction for a long time before veering off so that people weren't tipped off right yeah, but what does it matter if they're tipped off? That's true. I mean, you, everyone on the plane is – if he's going to kill himself, he knows that everyone else is That's true. doomed That's as true. Well. It doesn't matter. He'll be dead. What and, does he care? And it's going to take maybe a couple of minutes to nose that thing down well, into the Well, what about Ocean. the co-pilot getting tipped off and then taking control of the plane because they've got a crazy captain? Where are you going, captain? Well, uh, you know. That's uh, suicide. Yeah, I don't know. Still a lot of we'll questions. We'll have to ask Andy if they cover that in their uh, flight simulations. With the co-pilot do. goes crazy yeah. and you got to protect the, everybody yeah. on board? Yeah. Hmm. When we come back, speaking of airlines, American Airlines is out with some new rules about emotional and psychological support animals on planes. Yeah, we know now what is allowed and what isn't allowed. What makes the list and what doesn't. Yep. Blake's going to have to keep his uh, sugar glider in his pocket. And I've got bad news about the winner of last year's Baby Animal Bracket Concert okay. contest. Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. When you start, it's just a matter of time. Any minute you will cross that line. You never think about the price to pay. It got a mind of its own and it's in. Gary and Shannon. Uh, next hour, we have a gas drugs alert. Got to tell you to watch out when you're doing your hot rails. There might be uh, some some extras in there. Also, a quick tutorial on how to do hot rails. No, we're not, we're not doing that. Is that we scratched that part? Yeah, that, I thought we were going to do that. That didn't make the show. Oh. <laughs> uh, here's a little TMZ update. Kurt Cobain's daughter is getting a divorce. They just settled. I didn't know she was married. I didn't either. Francis. Francis Bean. Francis Bean. And the major bone of contention was between uh, or between her and her husband, now ex, was Kurt Cobain's acoustic guitar. And the settlement says it goes to him. What? Isn't that nuts? Yeah, someone gave it to him. Did she give it to him? Yes, yeah, well, she if- gave it to him as a gift, I think. That makes you've got to you got to you got to get that back. Anyway, that doesn't sound right. We've done stories before about uh, about service animals on airplanes causing a ruckus. And I, mean, I don't know anybody who travels. I mean, you've been on planes where they've there are oh, yeah. animals. It's a lot more now. In fact, I saw this stat and I was a little bit surprised by it because I see I have seen an uptake uptick in people bringing their dogs on and things. I've never seen anything but a dog or a cat though. Uh, American Airlines says 
the number of customers transporting a service or support animal went up 40% in one year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, and American says in a statement, they say, we support the rights of customers, whether it's veterans to people with disabilities, with legitimate needs for a trained service or support animal. This is one of those things that started out like a nice idea, right? There's somebody who has crippling anxiety and, oh, wouldn't it be nice if they could take their support animal? You know, the way that a, a seeing eye dog can, can help somebody who's blind. Uh, wouldn't that be nice for those people? Yeah, that sounds like a nice thing that we could offer as an airline. And then someone and then go everyone and ruin takes it. advantage of it. Yeah. Well, I need my chameleon. I need my iguana. I need my macaw, which is ironic because can't the parrot just fly by itself? I need my whatever in certain name of animal is here. I need my service animal. And it has caused problems because not only do you have animals that are uh, loud, they're moving around. A few of them like to, you know, defecate in areas of well, the small cabin. Yeah, they don't like to defecate, but animals defecate. That's just what happens, right? Yeah. What do you mean? It's just what happens? Well, it's not like the animal chooses to defecate. Like I love to defecate. Some animals might. Oh, no. Okay. I think I- now, they have to, the rules, by the way, emotional psychiatric support and fully trained service animals can fly in the cabin at no charge if, if they meet these requirements. By the way, these rules go into effect July 1st. Animals must be able to fit at the customer's feet, under their seat, or in their lap. I want to come back to that because when we go through the list of animals, I have a question. But, well, okay, so it's got to be able to fit at your feet, under the seat, or in your lap. For safety reasons, customers won't be able to sit in an exit row when traveling with said animal. That makes sense. You don't want to trip on a cat when you're trying to get out of a burning airplane. The animals may not protrude into or block the aisles. They may not occupy a seat. They may not eat from tray tables. Well, come on. How cute would that be if you saw Very sweet. Service. Like fennec, that little baby penguin? A, a service I mean, monkey? Fennec fox. Oh, a service Eating peanuts fox. or something off of the little... T- he's like sitting on the tray table. I'd be disappointed if I saw a fennec fox on a plane and he wasn't eating peanuts. Emotional support and service animals have to be trained to behave properly in public. They have to be tethered by leash and or a harness and under control at all times. Animals won't be permitted in the cabin if they display any form of disruptive behavior that can't be successfully corrected or controlled, including growling, biting, jumping on or lunging at people if this behavior is observed at any point during the journey we will open the door and toss the animal out at altitude the animal will be considered a pet and all pet requirements and applicable fees would apply it does not say they're gonna throw your pet out at altitude oh you're right it doesn't you're making things up but imagine i've got the cut list I've got the, the pets. Yeah, right. I've got the pets that American Airlines has totally cut from uh, being an emotional or psychiatric and, helper. And, and remember, the reason they're on this list is because someone used, someone took yeah. an animal like this on these planes. Okay, ready? Go. Amphibians, ferrets, goats, <laughs> hedgehogs. Oh, that's too bad. Seriously, insects. Not a good idea. Reptiles. Rodents, snakes, spiders, sugar gliders. Sorry, Blake. No sugar gliders. No farm poultry, waterfowl, game birds, and birds of prey. That would be awesome, though, if your service animal was a giant bald eagle. 
With the, just that stern that, look on his face for five was, hours from L.A. to Washington. Those things are massive. Like, what if you had, like, a condor? Ooh. Or a vulture. No, 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 no. They say non-household birds off the plane. What if it normally lives in no, your house? No, it does. The condor does not live in the house. But but now that's an interesting question because you could have a nor- you could have a bird. Like, you could have, you could a, have a parakeet. Bird, but it's non-household bird. Yeah, you could bring your parakeet, but like not dumb your and dumber. freaking condor. Where you tape him to the... <laughs> Uh, animals with tusks, horns, or hooves now, may not come, except... Hold on a second, because that's important. Pigs have tusks. Okay, I feel like... And hooves. Here's the takeaway. Miniature horses are allowed on. Now, how the hell does a miniature horse fit on your lap under the seat? <laughs> but you, or by you your bring feet? your deer? How, it, where the hell do you put the horse? It would have to be a miniature, miniature horse. Because it's got to be smaller than a two-year-old to sit in your lap. All right, coming up next, Mm -hmm. True Crime Tuesday. Murderer in Orange County, killing women because he hates them. Next. Marsha. Wrote to us on Facebook at Gary and Shannon. Speaking of service animals on planes, when I was at the Houston airport last year, I saw someone with an emotional support chicken. Seriously. I heard clucking when I was sitting at my gate waiting for the flight, turned around, saw a chicken in a little carrier and stickers on it that said support animal. I think this is getting a little nuts, don't you? Hmm. And then Gary Ann wrote to us, since people can have service animals, can I have a service human? No, seriously. <laughs> question but you cannot have farm it's got to sit on your lap non-household birds no no farm poultry that's interesting maybe like a service um that's uh, gonna get me in trouble so a service little person oh well i'm just trying to think of a person that could a human that could fit on your lap because that's the uh like a baby the regulation right but no, babies don't service she's talking about she's talking about peter dinklage Oh, he would make me calm. He's funny. Tell you stories. He could. He could. I feel nervous with stroke, him on my lap. Stroke your face. Yeah, I'd feel he nervous. Could, he could hold the little glass of Chardonnay with a straw in it for you. That's just so below him, though. Yes, very much so. You know, some of the stories that we're following today <laughs> include the uh, the arrest I like of. That we were just thinking about that hypothetical like it could really happen the the arrest of uh the mother and father in fairfield for abuse and child endangerment uh there were 10 kids in this home the oldest was was 12 the youngest was four months and they're accused of all kinds of bad things with these kids uh, but there's some weird sidelights to the story for example the fact that the mom was able to talk to the media and explain her way out of these things also uh tom wolf died the journalist and author, Bonfire of the Vanities, right stuff, uh, died at the age of 88. So, Well, there is a convicted triple killer from Chicago who murdered five women in Southern California. And the Orange County prosecutor, Matt Murphy, laid it out yesterday in his closing argument saying that this is a guy who is a misogynist. He enjoys preying on women. The fundamental problem, the reason we're all here, he told the jury, is he hated women. He believes they are whores and he likes killing them. These are five killings beginning in 1986 at Saddleback in Mission Viejo. I love what this DA said in his closing argument. Because sometimes 
when you're a juror, I got to believe, or at least when we were reporters and sitting at these murder trials, where you just have a hard time believing someone could do something. I remember the guy setting his kids on fire in his Jeep Cherokee, I believe, downtown L.A. at one point, and thinking, well, it had to be an accident. No father would ever set his children on fire to kill them like, or want to kill them. It had to be an accident. It's like you want to buy what the defense attorney is selling because you don't want to believe in the worst of human beings. You don't want to believe that someone would be capable of uh, such a gruesome right. crime. It makes no sense. Why would that? Why would he want to do that? And the DA down there, Matt Murphy, said yesterday when he's doing his closing argument, talking about these horrific murders of women, he said, who knows what makes these guys do this? I don't have to prove it. You don't have to figure it out. I thought it was pretty pretty clever and yeah. smart of him to add that in there because it's true. They don't have to prove the why, really. I mean, it, no, it, it's it, nice to have the why, but did he do it is what he's on trial for. And it's it's this, also at the, the same time, it's a smart tactic for a defense attorney to – conflate the issue by saying hey you know this kid had uh you know when he was born he had fetal alcohol syndrome his parents were abusive he never really learned right from wrong or i mean throw all of this stuff at the wall then that's try too to confuse bad. the jurors totally. and that's too bad to get that start at life but that's not why you do it but it's also not it or doesn't mean do that it? you don't know what's right and wrong right i right. mean because the the details of the crime itself um, the crimes, I should say, show that this guy knew that, I mean, he tried to cover his tracks. So you don't try to cover your tracks if you don't believe you did something wrong. The killing spree began, they say, with an ambush of 23-year-old Robin Brandley as she walked to her car after a concert. She worked as an usher at Saddleback. This was January 1986. He stopped at the college that night because he'd often see the Saddleback College sign as he would drive on the adjacent freeway. He thought it'd be a good place to find a victim. He parked at the bottom of the hill, then walked up the hill carrying a knife. Well, why would you park at the bottom of the hill if you didn't know you needed to get away, like you said? Before killing Robin, he was cruising sororities at UCLA. Began following women joggers in Riverside. At the time, he was a U.S. Marine at Camp Pendleton. The um, defense made an argument that he was brain damaged, like I said, from fetal alcohol syndrome from a difficult childhood, that he should only be convicted of second-degree murder. They're not arguing that he didn't do it, but they argue that there were mitigating factors here. But the prosecutor says, listen, I'm going to read to you this guy's own confession. And he did just that. He took uh, uh, information from the interview that this guy did with detectives where he described the murder. She screamed briefly before I put my hands over her mouth. And he said to the detectives he wasn't interested in her purse. Listen to this creepy line. I think it was her that we wanted. We? I think it was her that we wanted. Oh, God, that is super creepy. There are special circumstances involved with this one, allegation of lying in wait, uh, and that opens him up to a possible death sentence. He is- described a stabbing of, of Robin at, that at one point he left the knife stuck in her body. And, you know, I am not going to read the next part. Um, yeah, I- <laughs> but anyway, in addition to Robin, he's accused of killing 29-year-old Julie in 88 in Cathedral City, 31-year-old Marianne Wells, September 88, 20-year-old Tammy Irwin, April 
1989. Palm Springs is where he killed Denise Manny in 1995. Yeah, all of those women were described as prostitutes. Um, He would pick up the women, drive them to remote areas where he would kill them. They also said, the defense attorneys, that uh, the evidence would show that this guy suffered from disassociation. But the prosecutor says uh, no one ever diagnosed this guy with disassociation. And one of the defense's own experts said this guy didn't actually show any signs of the disorder. Now, he cried, I had a terrible childhood. But some of his siblings actually testified at trial and said, hey, dad was a good dad. He took us to Disneyland, Knott's Berry Farm. They never laid a hand on him. He's already serving life in prison, by the way, for murdering three prostitutes in Illinois. Well, Illinois doesn't have the death penalty anymore, so we'll see where. Well, either do we. Yeah, pretty much. True. All right, when we come back. Did you see the story about the lady who climbed up in a tree and they tried to go get her? I don't really understand the manpower and the hours spent on on getting this woman out of the tree. You're a good person. Maybe you can explain it to me. I'm a good person. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't. I don't understand why. Well. Anyway, we'll talk about this. She came down. By the way, she's safe for all of those of you who are worried. About Can her. I say what Michelle called her on our little board in the office? No, probably not. Maybe <laughs> when we come I back. Just, I called her a tree bitch. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you're going to waste officers and, and firefighters' time for 11 hours and then just come down by yourself, that's what you are. It's a tree bitch Tuesday here on the Gary and Shannon Show. <laughs> Thank sorry. you very much. By the way, I have a special announcement when we come back as well. And $1,000? And $1,000, but I don't even think you know what our special announcement is. Ooh, I'm excited. Gary H. Shannon will continue just a moment. I'm feeling like old school mixtape. That's all I need. I'm killing that low ride Sunday. That's all I need. Everybody saying, there ain't no place I'd rather be. Gary H. Shannon. Hey, how about this? How about $1,000 you can win? You're shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword WIN to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's WIN to 200-200. Winners are notified by phone. Got to make sure you answer if you're going to win. Otherwise, they'll move on to somebody who will pick up the phone. So, might be from a number you don't recognize. But there's another chance, another uh, another chance next hour and then an hour after that in fact every hour through the seven o'clock hour right up to the uh, first hour of the conway show you can win a thousand dollars an hour well to connote Wait, i gotta t- tell you something oh that's right I you had a special you announcement a special okay announcement. is this royal news no or coming to no, america no. no none of that oh twitter news twitter news we're at ten thousand Oh, well, that's exciting. So we officially made the 10 and put a K behind it and everything. So thanks wow, to everybody who follows us on Twitter. we have a little baby K. Wait, did we beat Tim Cates? Because uh, he's been trying to get to 10,000 for like months. Let me check. Oh, wow. Like I to would... the point where he's just posting videos of his wife rolling around on the ground. He's got 8,834. Yes. So the answer is yes, we beat Tim Cates. You know what? We're gonna, we're you know, what we're gonna do what? We're gonna try and get Tim Cates some followers. Oh, right that now. is very nice of you. Because he is the best Dodger Talk host. How many are there? Uh, Tim Cates. And sometimes Vasse when Cates has like a day off. There was a woman in Canoga Park who climbed a thirty-foot-tall Canoga Park tree. I think that's a funny way to put it, and refused to come down for nearly eleven hours. 
Guess what? She climbed down on her own. She'd been there in the tree on Lanark Street overnight. The fire department said it received a call about the woman about 7.30 on Monday, which should have gone like this. 911, what's your emergency? Uh, yeah, there's um, there's a woman up in the tree. Is she on fire? No. Okay, call us back if she's ever on fire. And that should have been the end of the phone call. What? what well, what should they have said? What do you mean? They should have said no. They should have said, okay, did she get up there on her own or was she placed up there? Okay. You no, know, she probably climbed. Okay. And she's not on fire. No. All right, call us back. If she falls out of the tree and injures herself or she somehow catches fire. But that's not what happened. Ugh. The woman had been smoking appeared to be under the influence of a drug of no. some kind. Yes, absolutely. It's unclear why she was in the tree, although it doesn't matter. She was reportedly being referred for a mental evaluation at about 6.30 this morning when she climbed down on her own. L.A. Fire Department firefighters were on the scene for more than 10 hours with this whack job. She at one point, was given a McDonald's Happy Meal by a crisis negotiator. And at another point, given yet another McDonald's Happy Meal. They gave her a blanket at one point. She tore it up. Why are they giving her things? I do not know. Furthermore, if that's what it takes to get a free Happy Meal. Then I'm climbing it. (laughs) Me too. It sets a really bad precedent, doesn't it? We're going to have a lot of bitches in trees pretty soon. I heard she okay. also requested a Dr. Pepper. And that was the, that was over it. that I'm was serious. over the line. Yeah. That was when they're like, "Okay, too far." She could have said Diet Coke. <laughs> she could have said like one of those sparkly waters that has a hint of fruit in it. I mean, they happy meals are too. delicious. Yeah, they blew up the big air mattress thing, so in case she did fall, she would fall onto an air mattress. But I have a pretty bad look for a for a city though of Woman falls no. from tree that they were notified of, breaks neck, dies. Blake. I'm just saying, it's a bad look for a city. Hey, were you guys notified about the woman in the tree that ended up dying? And Yeah, you, know, you mean the one who, who was who climbed up there on her own and was not on fire? I'm just saying, that's the thing, is when you get enough calls and someone says, hey, there's a per-, I agree with you that that's a lot of resources, but when you get enough calls of, hey, there's a woman up there and she doesn't look all that safe, and then she goes and dies, and then the mayor has to answer those questions about, like, hey, why didn't nothing happen? Oh, my gosh. Do you like know what they're see- giving away right now with the Happy Meal toys? They've got, like, a little no, m- miniature McDonald's battleship and, like, all these retro games. Well, she was decorating herself with things when she was up in the tree, so maybe she just took the prizes out of the Happy Meal and started hanging them on her clothing. You got very serious there for a second. I would also suggest that if you do find somebody in a tree, I love battleship. 30 feet in the tree who got there on her own and is currently not on fire, call Blake. Blake will help you get I think her. that's I the takeaway. In, I don't have an inflatable thingy. I couldn't help. Well, you got your truck. You know, you can just uh, put a bouncy house in right there. I don't want it dented. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. that we shouldn't be wasting firefighters' time dealing with crazy. I mean, I know they if, deal with crazy pretty much They were probably just watching Netflix anyways. If it rose to the level of... A severe problem, but they're saying that her mental health 
issues that she was displaying did not rise to the level of being forcibly brought down, which I would imagine involved a, a small tranquilizer gun. Coming up next, what happens when you lose all control over your life? You get a little older, people tell you where to live, what to eat, what to do all day. Well, you need to take control over your peers. That's what we're learning at senior centers. Bullying, the new epidemic. Gary and Shannon will continue. They were feeling like gold. You can't just dance your way through. Well, who would have thought that this community would be fraught with bullying? One in five. People who live in these nice communities encounter bullying, according to recent research from Arizona State University. One in five seniors encounters bullying at nursing homes, senior centers, and housing complexes. So much so, this problem is so bad, that these places are now introducing programs, training, and policies Trying to curb bullying, a la elementary school. One apple ruins it for the rest of the community. It seems like there's more than one apple, though. True. Uh, Betsy Gran runs the uh, 30th Street Senior Center up in San Francisco and says there's the click system just like everywhere else. She says it's like mean girls, but everyone is 80. After the cafeteria exiles and karaoke (laughs) brouhaha's... Well, this is what they're doing. They they exclude people from the cafeteria. It really is mean girls. You can't sit with us. Uh, uh, the 30th Street Center decided we need to take action. So they contacted a, a nonprofit in the city, uh, Institute on Aging, to develop this anti-bullying program. All staff members at this senior center received 18 hours of training, including lessons on what constitutes bullying, causes of the problem, and how to manage these conflicts. So so Hilda and Ethel get together because Enid and Doris wear the wrong robe around the senior center. I'm going to pull the car over to let you know that the people in senior centers are not called Dolores. They're called peop- they're called like Gary and Shannon. What? They're not that much older than us anymore. When we were kids they were called Dolores and Enid. But now, you know, they're, you know, Jack and Diane. <laughs> there are placemats around this. I'm just letting you know that we've gotten older. Jack and Diane. There are places around the center that now declare it, like these placemats that, that declare belief, bully-free zones. It's like safe spaces on college campuses. Which is funny uh, when you think about all of this. You mentioned that, that research from Arizona State University. There was a social work professor who wrote a book called Bullying Among Older Adults, How to Recognize and Address an Unseen Epidemic. And that's where we got the number, about one in five seniors encounters bullying. And she says, this uh, professor, she says it's an outgrowth of frustrations uh, characteristic in communal settings, as well as a reflection of issues unique to getting older. Because a lot of them see independence disappear. They see their sense of control disappear. And 
this is the only way they control their environment is by bullying other people. It makes sense. I mean, you've lived your life, you've raised your kids, you've had a successful career, and then you get to a point where you need a little extra help. Maybe the kids are forcing you out of your home. They're telling you what to eat. You've got people micromanaging your life and, and, and tracking you on these tech home devices. And you want a little control back of your life. Well, and so the the only way they're able to exude control is over their peers. Is that the same symptom? I mean, is that the same setup of a kid who's a bully? I mean, chances are they're not coming from a great home anyway, and they're the one they are being victimized in some other in uh, some other environment. So that's why they come to school, for example. And we'll try to bully someone else because they themselves are the victims of bullying? Possibly. But that wasn't the case with Regina George. Okay. Mary Murphy is 86 years old. She's a retired real estate agent who lives in one of these centers. And what they did is the centers didn't offer just classes for the staff. They offered classes for other seniors to help them stop the bullying when they see it. And Mary Murphy says she used to just stay out of all the conflicts in the, ca- in the in the cafeterias and the karaoke rooms. But now she says she may be inclined to help, to step in and say, hey, this has got to stop. What I love is that there is a, a consultant firm that offers training on bullying. There's a longtime, uh, longtime school teacher who runs these uh, these consulting this consulting firm where they go into these senior centers and talk to them about bullying. She says women constitute the bulk of the bullies. Well, because there's so many women in these senior centers and they're all still totally randy. And there's only like four (laughs) men. And so they've got to fight it out to get to the only, you know, the small amount of men. They're totally randy. Yeah. Something goes on. Because I was hearing Matt Money Smith yesterday talk about the sex club at Leisure World. No. And he heard that you've From got... From his mother-in-law. No! I, I was going to leave her out of it. Well, he said it on the air. I'll say it on the air. <laughs> I don't know her. Uh, but, yeah. So he heard that to get into the sex club at Leisure World... You have to have five uh, notches on your bedpost from Leisure World to get into the club. So Muriel likes Mm -hmm. a little hot monkey love after bingo, but before the soft food is served for dinner. But you got to watch out for Tom's hip along the way. What is hot monkey time? What did you say? Hot Hot monkey love? What does that mean? (laughs) What do you think it means? I don't know. You know, STD rates in uh, retirement communities are among the highest. Well, because they don't have to worry about getting pregnant, so they're not using condoms. Yep. So you think this is all over men? Oh, yeah. And that's sad to me because that just says, as women, we never get over that. We never get over being jealous and trying to get a man. I think it's more of a population issue, you know, because there's so few men and so many women, and they still want to have the sex. Oh, my God. And I don't know how these men keep up. I mean, they've got to uh, take care of so many women. If it's, you know, four men and 22 women. They've got pills for that, you know. Yeah. The bull finds a way in the cattle, a uh, herd of uh, cows oh, Lord. Stuff, you know. You know, <laughs> if you rise to the call. That's what you went with, huh? Something mm. like, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, bullying goes far behind bingo squabbles, guys. Marsha Wetzel moved into a senior apartment complex in Illinois after her partner of 30 years died. 
and her partner's family evicted her from the home the couple shared. So sad. At Glen Street Andrew Living Community, she says she was met with relentless bullying by residents mostly focused on her being a lesbian. One man hit her scooter with his walker and unleashed a barrage of homophobic slurs. A woman rammed her wheelchair into Wetzel's table in the dining room, knocked it over, warning homosexuals will burn in hell. St. Andrew's living community is not very nice. In the mailroom, someone knocked her in her head. and So part of it is the older person setting their ways to the extreme as well. Sure. Your beliefs become stronger and stronger. You get angrier and angrier about them, I guess, as you get older as well. It's just a bizarre world, man. Bizarre. Are you thinking about the future? Are you thinking about how you're going to have to fend off those ladies with your walker? Uh, no. Not really concerned about it. I mean, if they want a piece of me, what? Uh, only a gentleman would oblige. Right? Exactly. Rise to the call. See? Coming up next. Blake and I will be high-fiving each other down the hallways. Gary and Shannon. <laughs> KFI AM 640. Gary and Shannon. Well, that was nice. The Charger girls were here. Yes. Jenny and Jada. They're uh, they're doing tryouts on Sunday. Yes. So uh, we'll give you all the information and stuff. In fact, we took a little fun little. Uh, I believe it's video. um, I believe it's an open tryout too. So, you know, you think you got the stuff? Go try out. Why Gary, looking, why are you looking at me? You look like a natural well, you, with that pom pom. Yeah, you did uh, take to that pom pom like a duck to water. Like yeah. a duck to water. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, there was a, a report out of North Korea. Uh, I was just looking at North Korea's government has threatened to cancel the upcoming meeting uh, because of our ongoing military drills with South Korea. Okay. So that's uh, that's all we have right well, now. Well, that's the... been one of their issues. They don't. They've wanted to see that stopped for quite some time. That's not going to stop. And in fact, timed some of their displays of military might to coincide with our exercises. I don't know if that's on the table. That would be an interesting... Uh, that cannot be on the table. Hey, uh, a gas drugs alert. Uh, if you are out there using meth or cocaine or whatever... We call this segment Dear Dr. Carmen Poliafito. <laughs> don't do the cocaine and the meth because it's being laced with fentanyl. We talked to Eric Bowling, right? His son had taken what he thought was a Xanax, and it was also laced with fentanyl, killed him. This is the new danger to be aware of. It's 50 times stronger than heroin, and sometimes it's mixed into other opioids to produce a stronger high. But now it's showing up in non-opioids. They suspect that three men who died downtown L.A. late last month had snorted cocaine laced with fentanyl. It's an interesting version of the story because it's uh, they're not quite sure if this is being mixed in purposefully to increase or change, alter the high in some way, or it's somehow being put in accidentally. That's a terrifying thing. When you think about how, you know, how it is that uh, people use drugs, whether it's recreational, an addiction, whatever it is, and you don't know where it's coming from, 
I mean, depending on who your supplier is or where That's you're thing, getting though, it from. Well, you never know where it's coming from. You know, it's like you get. Uh, how do you know whenever you're getting any sort of drug where yeah. it's coming from? It's not like it comes with a label and tells you where it was packaged. Is it a chain of uh, custody or something like that. Fentanyl was prescribed as a painkiller way back in the 60s. And listen, we've. We've prescribed a lot of weird things in the last 100 years. Our knowledge of medicine has changed quite a bit. I mean, wasn't it wasn't it anxious moms who were given heroin on a regular basis to calm them down? Uh, an illicit version of fentanyl is being manufactured and can be easily mixed with other drugs without being noticed. Several people in San Francisco, in fact, recently died from consuming fentanyl with methamphetamine or counterfeit Xanax or crack cocaine. There have also been reports of fentanyl in Mali showing up in Mali. So California right now does have the seventh lowest drug overdose uh, death rate in the nation, in part because of the type of heroin which is here, which that makes it sound, the, that sounds so weird when you think about that. Because of our low-tar heroin. We've got the better drugs. We, yeah, we have, we have softer drugs that are going to be easier on your body and less likely to kill you. But now they're saying that this fentanyl is uh, is definitely coming in. Last year, in fact, in Southern California and up along the Central Coast, agents have repeatedly made seizures of cocaine with fentanyl and methamphetamine with fentanyl and K with fentanyl, ketamine, according to the DEA. And it's a fairly new phenomenon, they say. So uh, keep an eye out, uh, Dr. Pulifito, when you're doing your meth. Hot rails. Yeah. You can get a little too hot. Hot rails. Mark Warner, Democrat, has now said that he will support Gina Haspel as director of the CIA, which likely secures her confirmation. Not a slam dunk, but I think you're right. I think that is the one that uh, one more that they were waiting for before they can say with full confidence that Gina Haspel would be confirmed. When we get into uh, when we get into Swamp Watch at twelve thirty, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Also, the story about. Members of Congress who are now video game nerds? Yeah, I don't know about this, but it's really not hard to believe when you think about those hearings that they sit through for hours on end. They've got <laughs> they to be gaming. Something. And it looks like there may be quite a shakeup in the White House Communications Department all about that leak of the comment about Senator John McCain and his opinion not mattering because he's dying anyway. Not about the comment, but about the leak, about the leaks that continue to happen there in the White House. We'll talk about that as well. And it's going to be a huge hour because I'm going to be talking to the queen. Oh. There's a number of bets all about the royal wedding. How are you getting her if she's busy getting ready for the wedding? She and I are simpatico. We are very similar, except for when it comes to pantyhose. Uh. That's the one difference. It's all coming up next on Gary and Shannon. Check us out on Instagram at Gary and Shannon. Uh, the uh, Chargers girls, a couple of the uh, cheerleaders stopped by a few minutes ago. Do we have that picture up? Already. We the do? video's up, yeah. How yeah. exciting. Um, they have uh, their tryouts coming out on coming up on Sunday. We'll put the information up so you can check it out as well if you are uh, into that, if you want to get into the dance thing. 
Hey, sidelines at the football game, right? No other way to get on the sidelines. I mean, there is. You work for the team, right? Right. I what? know. I know someone. You do. You, is it your pilot friend? No. What else is going on? Time for what's happening. We told you about this right off the top of the show. It looks like after a lengthy search of the Orange County Global Medical Center in Santa Ana, the investigation has concluded they did not find anyone with a gun. It was locked down this morning after someone using the hospital's internal phone system made a call, said they had a gun. Police were called in about 815 Officers immediately forming teams to branch out, search the hospital, and they did a search of entire facility, multi-building medical center, and it concluded they found nothing, and they're still trying to figure out who made the call. Absolutely fantastic news. The other story out of Northern California today was the uh, the arrest from last week of a mother and father of 10 kids aged 4 months to 12 years. Uh, The mom was charged with one count of misdemeanor child endangerment for now and was released on bail. She gave a couple interviews, and we played some of that earlier in the show. The father, though, seven counts of torture, nine felony counts of child abuse because of interviews with the kids. It all started back on March 31st when the 12-year-old boy went missing. Cops were called in to help look for him, and they saw the conditions inside the house. The kids were all taken out of there because not only was there what they described as garbage to the point where you couldn't walk through areas of the house. There was feces all over the floor. There was uh, just bad conditions. And when interviewed, the kids described a series of uh, abuse allegations against the father. So that's a weird story, um, especially since the, the way the mother is protesting against it. Uh, is unusual. Tom Wolfe has died, author of Bonfire, The Vanities, huge bestseller in the 80s, The Right Stuff, excellent book, and The Electric Kool-Aid Acid Test. Uh, he was hospitalized for an infection. His agent told the Wall Street Journal he died at 88 years old, had some pneumonia going on. I did not know this, but he uh, tried out for the New York Giants before he went to Yale. There he <laughs> earned a, a Ph.D. in American Studies, wrote for the Post, New York Herald Tribune, Wore that signature white suit and was the uh, founder, they say, of new journalism. I didn't know he could play ball. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this video yet of the uh, Bohemian Rhapsody trailer is finally here. Bohemian Rhapsody, the song from Queen. So now what? Uh, This is when the operatic section comes in. Oh, the operatic section, yeah. Very well produced. Um, you may recognize Rami Malek as the uh, as Freddie Mercury in this with a giant set of fake teeth. Freddie Mercury had some choppers, man. He had some choppers. When Monica first moved here to Los Angeles, I said that she had to do something. Do you remember what it was? Uh... I, I told her she had to have the Pazuki from BJ's. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've had it. Good. But they 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 have those in Florida. BJ's National Chocolate Chip. They make it different here. Oh, do they? Yeah, there's something special okay. about it. And I told you to try the red velvet one. Oh. Mm-hmm. National Chocolate Chip Day is today. I don't I don't want to brag, but we have a full one in our office. Right what? Now. Yeah, thanks to BJ. Go get in there. Okay, be right back. There's even ice Bye. cream. There's Bye. even ice cream in there. Um, did you see the story, all speaking of baked goods, did you see the story about the 47-year-old woman from Michigan who lost her job 
after she put laxatives in the going away brownies for one of her coworkers. <laughs> Get it? Going away. <laughs> laxatives. Going. Never mind. Like the poop is going away. Never. Just you know what. The woman said uh, that she planned to put laxatives in brownies <laughs> she was bringing to send off for another coworker. The company intervened, confiscated the suspect brownies, and called in the police before the brownies could be eaten. You could get arrested for that. And she was. And she was. Anything else you want to say? Oh, uh, speaking of movies, you saw Black Panther, right? I did not. What? I know. <laughs> I know. Come on. I saw it. Come on. Thank you, Blake. Thanks, I never- Monica. I never see, I, I mean, I, I hardly ever see the Marvel movies, but I went to see Black Panther. And? It was amazing! Did you see Infinity War? No. Don't see it. No. What do you mean, don't see oh, it? Oh, really? You definitely need <laughs> oh to see it. Oh, my God. I don't God. know. You'll be thoroughly confused because you don't understand what's going on, but yeah, it's a I had, good movie. Yeah, I had to ask Blake a million questions You like it. Michael B. Jordan, though, and he's the bad guy in Black Panther. I waited my entire oh. life for this. The world's going to start over. Yeah, I'm gonna burn it all. I do, yeah. him. By the way, a black yeah, panther. He takes comes off out. his shirt a lot. Well, and he's got those it's little good eye candy. He's got the little bumpies on him all over the place, right? That, covered in bumpies. Yeah, he's covered in like. Yeah, that makes no difference to me. Okay, mm-hmm. comes out on digital download and Blu-ray today with exclusive bonus footage. So now you can check out Black Panther without going to the movie theater. I will. It's not that I didn't want to see it. I just uh, didn't get around to seeing it. Obviously, it wasn't a goal. All right, coming up next, we have got. A lot of stories coming out of the royal wedding. And like we said before, we don't really care about what color shoes people are wearing or what kind of hats or the whole bit. We're not going to wake up at four in the morning to watch this thing. However, the side stories that come out about this thing are pretty damn good. Meghan Markle's got quite the colorful family when it comes to uh, relatives coming to town who are not invited but are going to be on Good Morning Britain to dish some family deets. And also the the side bets, I guess you could say. The side bets about the side stories. Heard about all the people putting money on the wedding? Down to, you know, what color pantyhose will the queen be wearing, nude or semi-nude? I thought you determined yesterday she wouldn't be wearing pantyhose. No, she said she, she was adamant oh, about... she would. What, yeah, see, this is why you have to listen to this stuff. Well, I'm sorry, it was busy. You get the facts wrong. So we're going to try and get a hold of Liz. Also, $1,000 we're going to be giving away that you could put down on the wedding if you choose. Well, because she said she was off the gin this week because she's let trying to look ride. her best. That's a lie. I think so, too. And, and let me tell you, yesterday, yeah. she was a little honorary without the uh, gin gimlets. Really? Mm-hmm. That doesn't sound like her. Gary and Shannon will continue just a moment. <laughs> Tuesday, May 15th. Next hour, a couple stories coming up. The hashtag MeToo movement may have gone just a tad bit too far. They're talking about single gender workplaces. I think we're stepping over the bounds. <laughs> you think so? We've gone too far. Uh, also, Neil Savage is going to join us for Tasty Tuesday next hour. How to use some of the uh, the food that you would otherwise do away with. We waste way too much food in this country. How to reuse some of that. And what is a brasberry? Love it. Where we last left. Oh, we got a thousand bucks to give away. Oh, yeah. Your shot at $1,000 now. 
text the keyword money to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's money to 200-200. Winners notified by phone. Got to answer, though, even if it's from a number you don't recognize. Otherwise, they'll move on to somebody who will answer the phone. You got another chance an hour from now. In fact, every hour from 5 in the morning with wake-up call the first hour of the Conway Show, we're giving away $1,000 an hour. Where we last left the royal drama of the marriage between Meghan Markle and Harry coming up on Saturday. Meghan Markle was maybe estranged from her father. Maybe they don't have the closest relationship. Well, it came out that he had actually made a deal with paparazzi. He was going to sell some pictures of himself. Now, he said that ever since his daughter and Harry were were dating or the news came out that they were dating, that he's been approached by everybody and their mother, tons of paparazzi organizations, news outlets about interviews. He's been offered fifty, hundred thousand dollars $100,000. He's turned down it all but decided to make a deal with this one paparazzi company because it was only going to be pictures of him. So he thought, well, what's the harm in that? It didn't go over well. So he then said he wasn't going to go to the wedding. Um, He was having health issues. He had had a heart attack recently. And the news breaks that he's not going to walk Megan down the aisle. That's very sad. Well, he told TMZ that he's had a change of heart, that his daughter contacted him. And now he wants to go to England to walk her down the aisle. But there's an issue. He's back in the hospital after experiencing serious chest pains. Doctors are performing a battery of tests on him. He says the doctors told him his heart was seriously damaged after his heart attack a week ago. Now, Dad tells TMZ that Megan tried calling him Monday, but he wasn't near his phone. She followed up with a text telling him she loved him and was concerned about his health. She's got no hard feelings for him and no hard feelings towards the deal with the paparazzi agency to stage photos of him getting ready for the weekend. As for the queen being upset with him, dad said, I don't think the queen is thinking about what I'm doing. Well, we just so happen to have a direct line to Liz. And she joins us now on Gary and Shannon for the real story. Hello, hello. Oh, Liz, you you sound a little cloudier than you did yesterday. Cloudy, you mean uh, that I've tarted up and trolleyed a bottle of champagne? I've, uh, it's just one, but uh, yes, uh, it was very tense here this morning. I don't know if you've read the news about Meghan's father and whether or not he's going to be making it to the wedding. Yeah, we uh, were just talking about that. Oh, and, you were? That's beautiful. Yeah, and he said that because uh, they the reporters asked him about you being upset with him, and he said, I don't think the queen is thinking about what I'm doing. I wouldn't say I'm not thinking about what he's doing, but I would say I could care less about what he's doing. I could be gagging on a horse's hoof right now, and I wouldn't be thinking about what he's doing. Well, it's good. But it's kind of sad, Megan, not having her dad walk her down the aisle, though, right? It is. And I'll be honest with you. I do believe that uh, Thomas will be making it to the wedding. I do believe. you do? I do. That's where you'd put your money. Yes, but because I had offered a couple of different suggestions, I had said Prince Philip would be willing to, uh, you know, be held up by you as you walk down the aisle. I had said you could ride Camilla down the aisle, and Megan was not not happy. The small but bright tear in her beautiful young eyes. She said, "I would, I want my daddy." So I believe that Thomas will be there. 
Well, you know how you uh, how you people. That doesn't sound right. Uh, yes. I'll let you change it. Go ahead. You know how uh, British bookies are. They will put uh, bets, they'll take bets on everything from elections to who's going to be the next James Bond, right? Mm-hmm. In 2011, it was all about William and Kate and then wagers on baby names, the whole bit. So no doubt they have started making some wagering calls on this new wedding between Harry and Meghan. Well, yes, and I would never, ever lower myself or the monarchy to actually use my real name if I were to ever place a bet on something as trivial as, I don't know, the color of my hat wear on Saturdays. That is actually, it's interesting that you say that. It's almost like you know what bets they're taking, like you have some insider knowledge, because that is one of the biggest questions here, the royal hat question. What hue will Queen Elizabeth's royal wedding headpiece be? Hmm. The favorite right now is blue. Why does everyone think I like the color blue? You wear powder blue quite a bit. That, that's because I'm colorblind. I don't even, I don't, if I were to choose, I would never choose a pale blue color like that. I'd choose more of the, um, what do you call it, menopause blue. Much brighter, matches my eyes. Menopause blue, not on the chart. No, hmm. on the chart. Interesting. Um, it's been a while though since you since you wore that color. I'm, I'm guessing. No, really. Uh, Must be nice to be young. Turquoise is at nine to one odds. I don't think you show up in a turquoise hat. Well, I don't even own a turquoise hat. What color is turquoise anyway? Is it blue? Kind of. Is it green? A little bit. What? You, you didn't answer the question. Um, I have a question. Yes. If you were to place bets on the royal wedding, like say somebody, since say you want to roll over a chunk of change on right. this yellow hat bet, yes. it's five to two odds, all right? So you want to put 200 grand on the fact that the queen's going to wear a yellow bonnet, and then you wear a yellow bonnet, of course, then, uh, you know, getting all that money to yourself. If you were to bet using a pseudonym, which name would you use? First, let me suggest I would have to be completely knackered to get to the point where I'm, you know, getting on Paddy's list or whatever the name of these boorish um, betting sites would be. I would use the name Waggle Tots. Waggle Tots. Waggle Tots. That sounds near and dear to you. Where did well, it was a childhood name uh, that uh, a, a school playmate of mine once called me uh, when we were playing uh, doctor. Even back Actually, then, you were a waggle tots. We were calling each. We were playing physician at the time, uh, but yes, waggle tots was my name. Can I give you a bit of uh, insider information, Waggles? Oh yes, you call me, and you're going to give me inside information. Well, sure. just Shoot. just stay with me. Yes, okay. If you wear a black or gray hat, that's forty to one odds you will clean up. You will clean house. That doesn't sound too bad. Maybe I get waggle tots into business, and maybe we get some money here. Liz, can we chat tomorrow? I don't know. I'll send you a case of your favorite Hendrix. Okay. Thank you. Ta-ta. Ta-ta, waggles. She's a gem. Media music now. What is that? So is this music sample. <laughs> Coming up next, Swamp Watch. Couldn't pay for the licensing to just get the British national anthem? What are they going to do in the White House about all those leaks? And Congress people gaming on the job? Hmm. Gary and Channa will continue. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Yeah. 
Gary and Shannon. Top of the hour, we're going to get into that uh, single-gender workplace idea that's being thrown around. This may be a step too far when it comes to the whole Me Too movement, but uh, I guess I could see some of the logic in it. Anyway, we'll talk about that in the 1 o'clock hour. Well, the uh, the president is pissed off about the leaks that have been coming out of the White House again. It seemed like there was a, a time at the beginning of the administration soon after everybody was sworn in, that uh, a lot of information was being leaked. It was sort of a, a, a newfangled uh, excitement. There were people who were putting 9-volt batteries to their tongues going, ooh, this tingles, by telling secrets about what was going on in what had been the most unusual White House atmosphere, I think, that anybody had ever seen. So they were excited about it, uh, and then we saw a bunch of people get fired. At one point I was wondering, uh, because there were so many leaks, Maybe they're purposeful. Maybe they're coming out of the administration because how would this administration allow this to happen? But that doesn't seem to be the case. The president about uh, 23 hours ago now, just yesterday afternoon, tweeted, these so-called leaks coming out of the White House are a massive over-exaggeration put out by the fake news media in order to make us look bad as possible. With that being said, (laughs) leakers are traitors and cowards, and we will find out who they are. Yeah, use the word traitor for the first time since the first week of his presidency, I guess. Uh, he had talked about Chelsea Manning then. He'd labeled Edward Snowden as a traitor as well. Um, but some of these leaks have involved national security issues. Some of them have re- uh, it didn't rise to that level, but did also have some other sensitive information. But the the ones that we've seen, I should say the one that has really caused the most problem in the last week, is li- is, is a dumb comment in what was probably a super mundane normal Tuesday afternoon meeting at the White House. And that was the comment from Kelly Sadler, the comment that John McCain's opinions don't matter because he's dying anyway. So when Press Secretary Sarah Sanders berated staffers for leaking it, her remarks were promptly leaked as well. Right. There are a couple of different things here, and this is interesting because when you think about this, A lot of times we hear from the president, we hear from uh, Sarah Sanders about what this does, about what leaking can do to the environment of what is supposed to be a, honestly, it's a workplace. When Jonathan Swan talked about this, it, it, it was interesting to me. He's a reporter for Axios, and he said he has been the beneficiary of some of the leaking, and he wrote a piece about why White House officials would leak. What what would they stand to gain? And he quoted a source as saying, to be honest, it probably falls into a couple of categories. The first is personal vendettas. That's what's been that's what is uh, the most recent leak has been chalked up to that somebody had it in for Kelly Sadler and they wanted to get her bad attitude leaked to the press so that maybe she would lose her job, et cetera. But the other reason, and again, this is from a White House official talking to uh, to a reporter making sure there's an accurate record of what's really going on in the White House. And because because so many people in the White House right now are willing to be considered anonymous sources, we have learned about what's been going on. That's exactly right. As long as there are media outlets willing to go to press with anonymous sources, you're going to have leaks no matter who's in the White House. This is a new thing. 
10 years ago, 20 years ago, you would not have, I don't think, entire articles written on the backs of anonymous sources. But now it happens. Well, and here's the way I think it would have worked, like like what you're saying. The, the individual news organizations are going to have their own policies when it comes to something like this. And I think you're right. It has changed. But what we would have seen 10, 15 years ago would be something along the lines of a you know highly placed White House source with corroboration from this named person, this named person, and this named person about specific details that they would be privy to, but maybe not the entire story, whereas that one unnamed source would have the entire story. So we would at least get the names of those people who provided the background information yes. to solidify the story. Yes. Now what we're getting is one anonymous source, two anonymous background checkers, and a th- you know, a fourth person who is an anonymous uh, atmosphere reader or something, right, you know, right. where none of the none of the people who are giving up the the details of the story are actually named. So it becomes more and more difficult to actually to to double check the details and to make sure that it in fact is true. But, you co- I mean, you look at what's been going on and the the president, his only defense in these cases is to suggest that the stories that are based on these leaks aren't true. But then at the same time saying, I'm going to stop all these leaks. The White House banned the use of personal cell phones in the West Wing in January. This was an idea from Chief of Staff John Kelly. He didn't implement it until months into his tenure. And officials publicly maintained the ban was because of national security reasons. But multiple staffers said privately that it's all about these leaks, all about the leaks to reporters. You know, it's it's funny when you, you had said one time, I don't even remember what the context of the story was. You had said that you believe that there there have been instances where the president has been the one that's leaked information. Yeah, or or directed somebody to leak the information. I think that happens in all all administrations. Well, and if you look at the number of people who have been vocal, not just the president. I mean, his mouthpiece is bigger than everybody else's because he's got 52 million people following him on Twitter, for example. But. Uh, Maggie Haberman of the New York Times tweeted last night, sometimes the person yelling the most about leakers is the one doing the leaking. So I don't know who she's ex- who she's pointing at when she says that. But, you know, you've got Kellyanne Conway. I was going to say, Kellyanne Conway is the name that jumps into my mind when, when I hear that. Right. Kellyanne Conway is the one who has been uh, very vocal about it, especially in the last two days or so, explaining how leakers should be fired, et cetera. But remember, there was a day, and I want to say it was probably a year ago, there was a day when Reince Priebus, Steve Bannon, Jared and Ivanka, they all had sort of their their internal factions in the White House. There was It's never been an untrue story. They don't like each other. They never did, those three different groups of people. So if what Kellyanne Conway is saying, you know, some leaks exist to hurt colleagues, some exist because they disagree with the policies that are being put forth, and sometimes it's just a personal shiv at the other person. I don't like the way they did their business. I don't like the way they got involved in the campaign. I don't like what they're doing in the administration. And it's just an attempt to get to shine a bad negative light on that person. So There is a governor in Missouri who is in trouble. Missouri Governor Eric Greitens. Um, he was facing felony invasion of privacy charge, but the state dropped it. But it looks like this 
St. Louis Circuit Attorney's Office says it still plans legal action against this guy. He's accused of taking and transmitting a non-consensual, partially nude photo of a woman with whom he was having an affair. Remember, he he, he was the one who took the woman down oh, into the, the basement, basement and tied her hands up, put a blindfold on her? Well, she's now saying that he was violent and sexually assaulted her, and now they're talking about impeachment. And this would be uh, very... Uh, Groundbreaking, I guess. First time in Missouri's history that legislators have called a special session. They're usually set by governors, right? But they're going to hold a special session in a couple days to infer or confer about impeaching uh, this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, when we come back, more Swamp Watch. Also, uh, Neil Savater's coming up at one thirty next hour. We're going to talk about how to use some of the food that you would otherwise throw away. And uh, thank you, Justin Timberlake. Brasberries are a thing. That sounds delicious. Gary and Shannon will continue. Well, it looks like all is not completely wonderful in the North Korea, South Korea, unicorn land we're operating. And now North Korea has canceled a high-level meeting today. With South Korea, threatened to call off the summit planned later this month, uh, I guess June 12th, with the United States due to this ongoing military exercise schedule between South Korea and the United States. This is according to South Korea's news agency. The two Koreas were set to hold a meeting later tomorrow at a border truce village. That sounds nice. To discuss setting up military and Red Cross talks aimed at reducing border tension and restarting reunions between families separated by the Korean War. But hours before the meeting, Pyongyang canceled it and questioned whether next Trump's uh, next month's talks between Kim Jong-un and Trump would even happen. Speed bump. Okay. Speed bump. The two-week military exercise between us and South Korea began Friday, included about 100 warplanes. I wonder how uh, visually that plays out over North Korea. I mean, they're they're not buzzing North Korean airspace. They're obviously just aware of it. And I wonder if it was a – this is one of those things where the people of North Korea probably have zero idea that it's even going on. So it's a weird speed bump, but it is a speed bump in all of this. You mentioned this earlier. Gina Haspel uh, got the endorsement, I guess you want to say, of uh, Mark Warner, a Democrat – Senator from Virginia, he has been one of the people on the Senate Intelligence Committee, in fact, a ranking Democrat on the Senate Intelligence Committee. Uh, And a lot of people have been looking to Senator Warner to see whether or not he was going to support Gina Haspel as her nomination to be the head of the next head of the CIA. She wrote a letter to Senator Warner that is getting a lot of play right now on uh, on Capitol Hill. She wrote a letter to say that. The CIA interrogation program and the harsh treatment of detainees was a mistake. The most significant criticism of the CIA's use of tactics subsequently deemed torture uh, goes beyond what she said about the program during the confirmation hearing that was uh, public last week. During her testimony, all she said was she wasn't going to start it again if she was confirmed as the next CIA director, but didn't disavow the program that she said did produce valuable information. But now she is saying that this program generated helpful leads, but acknowledged that she and the spy agency have learned the hard lessons since 
And without condemning the people who made the hard calls to uh, do this, she said she noted the valuable intelligence that it collected. The program ultimately did damage our officers and our standing in the world. She did not go after the people who she, quote unquote, said made the hard calls. Right. And she also didn't say anything about her role in destroying a bunch of taped interrogations at that black site in Thailand. But why would she? Uh, This is a fun story. Um, Members of Congress are video game nerds. And I say that with the most loving tone, I I hope. Scott Peters is a Democrat from San Diego. He represents California's 52nd Congressional District. district. And uh, he he battled Daryl Issa at Comic-Con last year in Mario Kart. Oh, boy. He said he was good at Pac-Man back in the day, but he'd never played Mario Kart, but he certainly wasn't going to lose to Daryl Issa. I don't think you need to admit that you were good at Pac-Man back in the day. <clears throat> were you any good at Pac-Man? I, I hated Pac-Man. Really? I hated that game. Why? Because what do you do? Well, you got to eat the little things. I know what you do, but I mean, there's nothing to it. You weren't you weren't defending the universe. You weren't saving the... The woman, you weren't saving the damsel in distress. You weren't even getting across the street. You were just eating dots. Did you ever save the princess in Super Mario Brothers? No, never got that far. Because the princess was always in another castle. See? Yeah. You never saved the princess? My brother saved the princess all the time. I I did. I don't complete games. I think the one game I completed ever was Crash Bandicoot. That was a good game. Who do we got? That's what the guy used to say. Uh, right now, the Mario Kart version that they're playing is the Nintendo Switch version. Very different than a six-foot-tall Pac-Man machine. He, the guy's 59 years old, Scott Peters, made himself very comfortable in the beanbag chair while the 12-year-old taught him the basics of how to throw the mushroom in Super Mario Kart. It seems like for the first time... People in Washington, lawmakers, are now talking openly about their video game habits. They're not ashamed about it anymore. Member Senator Joe Lieberman had a long-running crusade against violent video games back in 1993, telling Congress that if it wasn't for the First Amendment, he would ban them. Hillary Clinton introduced legislation in the Senate to tighten restrictions on violently and sexually explicit games. You know, it's funny. I have not heard I have not heard about that for years. People talking about banning the explicit games and the violent games. I, did people just lose steam on all of that? Well, in March, President Trump uh, discredited, discredited the argument, um, the, the argument that we heard after Columbine, that, that playing violent video games contributes to mass shootings. It came up after Parkland. Yep. Right. Well, uh, I, are but now you, they're just they're they're open about it. That's a it's just a weird thing for my grandmother and grandfather to be deep in the uh, in the world of video games now. Well, part of it is uh, connecting with kids. Like one of the representatives says, a Democrat from Washington State says she plays because she's got a twenty five year old son, and that's what he's into. It's like that story we did last week that says. Um, you know, listen to Cardi B to get closer to your daughter. I am not going to listen to Cardi B just to get close to my daughter. I'm just going to listen to Cardi B for parenting advice. That's what I'm going to do. Coming up next, Me Too, Gone Too Far with Women's Only Workplace. We'll tell you what the plan is when we come back to Gary and Shannon. Why, 
May 15th. Hey, might want to write this down on the calendar for the future. We have an exclusive evening available you uh, available available for you where you can uh, hang out with the entire KFI AM640 team, Handle, John and Ken, us, Conway, for a live Q&A session, uh, mix and mingle, cocktails, appetizers, and it's at the OUE Sky Space, way up above the city in the iconic U.S. Bank Tower. 360-degree views of Los Angeles. You can actually also ride the first-ever Sky Slide, unlimited Sky Slide rides. Monica's mascara is still scattered about. My head still hurts. I think I still have a bump on my head. You could sue them. No. Not a good idea. 100% of the proceeds, by the way, will benefit the American Red Cross Get Prepared California campaign. Get your tickets now because there are limited spaces available and they will go fast. All of the information is available at KFIAM640.com. Use the keyword mixer. You'll find all the details. It is fun. It should be. I hope so. Mm-hmm. Not to mention the Q and A thing. Justin Turner's back. It's uh, exciting news. When tonight? Today, yeah. Officially back in the lineup. Blake, what do they do with uh, his Rancho Cucamonga Quakes jersey that he wore for his rehab? Uh, more than likely, from what I've seen in the past, is they tend to auction those things off at. Uh, they do like over at Rancho. They do a lot of auctions for like charities and that kind of stuff. Or... And does a guy like Justin Turner keep old jerseys? No, because they auction it. No, no. Beyond that, I mean, he's got to have some that he just liked, like his high school jersey or or two, or four. Well, I imagine that he probably has his high school jersey. I think the people I played high, or like I didn't play with them. They the people that played high school baseball where I was at school. Kept their jersey, so I imagine something like Justin Turner would keep his, too. You know, in the old days, yeah, I had to turn my baseball jersey in. Oh. Not because I was bad. Are you sure you weren't the only one that yeah, was asked to turn it back in? We didn't positive. pay for them in public school. You we, don't we, pay for we, them. They reuse them. Yes, that's exactly You don't point. pay for them. Oh, right, uh, well, right. our, our high school had a habit of asking for boosters to join before people Ugh. were even on the team, so. That's annoying. Well, these co-working spaces seem to be popping up everywhere. You pay a certain fee per month, and then you go and you use communal things like bathrooms, and they probably give you a desk and a phone line and, and things like that, Wi-Fi, the whole bit, probably a cafeteria, vending machines, and you just go there in this gig economy to get your work done. Hair braiding workshops? Well, I'm glad you brought that up because these co-working spaces are becoming – Well, like anything, they're evolving, and they're deciding uh, different amenities to put into them. And it seems like women-only co-working spaces are very hot right now in this Me Too movement time. I'm supposed to insert a feminist joke here where I say, well, that's fine because men-only workspaces dominated for the last 10,000 years. Well, and that is exactly the point I was thinking about. During the break, this whole Me Too movement is about boys run amok, right? And it being so male dominated in in the whole thing. And wouldn't it be better in industries if we had more women involved, more women in decision making, more women in influencing, things like that? Well, this is taking it the other way, just like it's been the other way for so long. I mean, women and men should both be involved in these working environments because, well, things are better with both of us, you know? 
different perspectives. But this is different. This is a co-working space where they're not really building anything together. They're working on all their own little projects in the same space. So they don't have to worry about the guy down the from the cubicle down the hall being an apple and giving them the... Uh, but what about the woman down the hall? Like, what about... I mean, is the, there I, a woman that's been harassing you that you've been dealing with? No. Is yeah. there a woman that's been locking you in her office? Gary, blink twice if you need help. <laughs> My point is, they're talking about putting together, or I should say, they're, they, they're talking about empowering women through community. I mean, that's the, one of the basics. One of the founders of one of these groups said they started doing this. Her team wanted to do this on the eve of the election in 2016. And she admits we were expecting a very different political outcome uh, because of 300 people had gathered to watch the election results that night. But our mission remained the same, the advancement of women through community. And it's the sense of community that's driving a, a lot of these ventures, a lot of these different places. The Coven is one of them. We work, uh, the wing, all of these places that su- are supporting women in the workplace by giving them actually a workplace. But... I have to ask. I mean, I think of this in the context of education as well. Um, my kids have gone through public school. It's not like I don't support public school. But I also, my ears kind of perk up at the idea of gender-specific classes. Maybe not entire schools, but at least gender-specific classes in some cases. Because I don't want my daughter to ever feel like she is uh, pressured one way or the other that if she's too smart, it's bad for a girl to be too smart, or if she likes a specific subject that other girls traditionally wouldn't like. that I, I would never want her to feel that sort of pressure from dudes. It, but really does, not- it really does take away a lot of distraction when you think about all boys' schools or all girls' schools, and I know we kind of moved away from that. Well, um, but it, it does make a hell of a lot of sense. But at the same time, the the second part of that is, can't you also get that same pressure from someone of the same gender? I mean, you can also get the problem. You can, you're can you still going to have personality conflicts among women just as, as, as I would if it was just men in the workplace. Right. But this is not trying to root out personality conflicts. It's trying to say, hey, here's a bunch of women. Here's workspace where you can do your thing. And listen, we'll all network. And hopefully the more of us that are networking, the more opportunities that we'll get. And these are opportunities that we haven't been able to get in the past because men do this stuff all the time. But this is a... Uh, Very much so. You know, imagine. Okay, so The Wing is one of these companies. The Wing is a startup. It's raised more than $40 million from investors. And it has three spaces, um, New York City, Washington, D.C. And there will be uh, three more uh, by the end of the year, Brooklyn, L.A., San Francisco, Seattle, Toronto, London, on track for 2019. And they have this, this big warehouse type places. And... You can do your work there and you can collaborate with other women and mentors and you don't have the 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 hassle, I guess, of of working in a man's world where the rules are different. You have to tiptoe around men sometimes in the workplace and this way. And and I think that you're absolutely right. There's always going to be people of the same gender that you also have to tiptoe around. I have a question and for you. Play nice with. Yeah. I'll ask you when we come back. Also, $1,000 to give away when we come back to the Gary and Shannon Show. You're gonna-
Gary and Shannon with your chance at, well, you're sitting on it over there. Sorry. $1,000. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword BILLS to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's BILLS to 200-200. Don't forget, you got to answer that phone. They'll call you and let you know. And <laughs> your next chance to win It's an hour from now during the Conway Show. Sarah, we were talking about women-only co-working spaces, kind of the new rage when it comes to uh, the hashtag MeToo movement. Sarah, they've been around for a while. In fact, they predate the MeToo movement. But Sarah writes in on Twitter, my boyfriend asked me if women-only workspace meant the kitchen. He is now icing his head on the couch where he will also be sleeping. Um, By the way, the New York... A city human rights commission is investigating the wing, one of the, these women only co-working spaces we were talking about. They're investigating the wing, uh, potentially violating, violating laws against gender discrimination, because at least in their New York space, they are not allowing men. You can not only can you not join men are not allowed to visit. Now, I did find there was another branch called WeWork, another similar co-working, co-working space that's actually just down the street here in Burbank. They talk about how you can, you know, you have 360-degree views of all the major studios. You're right off the 134. Uh, you're next to the Falcon Theater. You find yourself working on a weekend. You can refuel at the Toluca Lake Farmer's Market, all of this sort of stuff. But all their pictures show a bunch of dudes hanging out as well. So, well, maybe that's just one of the ones that's not just for women. Uh, we uh, or the wing, I guess they've installed beauty stations, hair braiding workshops and lactation rooms at some of their places. Membership begins at two hundred and fifteen dollars a month. OK. What's wrong? Um, well, a couple of things. I feel like the majority of people who would appreciate this are women who have been victimized in the workplace. And I don't mean, you know, Harvey Weinstein-style victimization. I mean um, being belittled, not being respected, not having their opinions heard. I understand that. But the vast majority of what I assume happens to women was characterized by perhaps the Mad Men movement of the late 60s and early 70s, where we had so many more women in the workplace than we'd ever had before the growing pains of dudes who were complete a-holes and had no ability to understand and listen to women, that I feel someone who's 60, 70 years old, they probably would love a space like this because it was an opportunity for them to actually be involved in the in the meetings and not be talked down to. So you're, you're thinking that, it, that times have changed enough that women today don't need a space like this? Mm, I wouldn't say don't need it. It wouldn't be widespread. It wouldn't be widespread, and I don't think that they would necessarily appreciate it as much as Grandma would. And I'm not saying that it's an old as an oldest thing. I just well, mean that there's a when Grandma women, entered the work fa- workforce, it was very different than it is today. It is absolutely very different, you know. And and you know, you couldn't, you had to wear a dress to work, right? You had to wear heels the whole bit. Um, but there was a number of people that would argue that things have not changed that much when it comes to 
being taken seriously, looking behind or beyond your gender to take you seriously, that there is a degree that we've found out in the Me Too movement of men marginalizing women in the workplace. And what does that marginalization do to a woman's self-esteem? How does that impede her progress in her own head, you know, of about what she can do. And if you remove the threat of that or you remove any distraction of that, what will women do? How high will they rise? I think that that's a conversation people are having now. Now, uh, I think that the, you, you're going to run into problems with too much estrogen. You're going to run into problems with, you know what, men have valuable ideas too. And I do love workplaces <laughs> with the most perspectives possible. Well, um, that you know, was, it's that like was... you and me and Nick and Blake and Michelle. It, we all come at things from different angles, you know, all different perspectives a lot of the time. And if you just have women all around the same age, all around the same kind of um, uh, interests in terms of what they want to do with business, I don't know how much variety you're going to get. But, well, that's my question. That was going to be my question is, would you work in a gender specific office? I don't know. I mean, I I wouldn't say no on its face just because it's all women. And I wouldn't say yes, just because it's all women. I think I'd be more focused about the networking experiences for, for what I do and uh, the amenities. Like if they have uh, Chardonnay hour, you know, at five, I'll probably look at that place a little bit more closely. Well, in the morning, it's hair braiding stations. If they have and hot the yoga, if they have hot yoga before I go to work, I'll look at that more closely. A lot of these. Uh, a lot do I care more about Chardonnay and hot yoga than I do working with men? Probably. Why? When you say that, though, you look at me. <laughs> I find that. Uh, what about you? Would you work in a gender-specific all-men workspace? I have. Yes. But but not but just because it's not a... Oh, not me? Okay. Not you. <laughs> we got to get uh, Monica. My son does, for there. example. My son works in an all-male facility. Right. Which makes it sound like a an institution <laughs> of some kind. But, I mean, it's just because you're going to find late teens, early 20s guys who are going to work at a tire shop. That's the majority. Not that it's all... I mean, there are women who work in the uh, work in the shops, but he just happens to be at one where there aren't any right now. So I don't know if that's a, a good thing or a bad thing. You know, can you give me the name of that shop? Absolutely, just kidding. Monica. We got to get you out there. Good lord, what, what, we got to get you on the on the Tinder. He's eighteen. No, not Tinder. Monica. He's no, 18. no, I was joking. Do you need us to find some? He dates? is handsome though. because he we is... need a show project. If you need a show project, well, I am your gal. Uh oh. Except not Tinder because Tinder's kind of trashy. Be careful. Stepping into here. No, I trust Shannon. We talked about this at your Super Bowl party. I trust her. Those words have never been spoken. I trust Shannon. Mm -hmm. When we come back, (laughs) Neil Savage is going to join us, our fork reporter. A bunch of stories we're going to talk about, including how to use some of that uh, the food that you would otherwise throw away. It's not necessarily bad. I ate week old yogurt last night. You eat week old things all the time. My wife was. Terrifying. It's disgusting. And then my stomach started growling, and she said, uh-oh. That's salmonella. That's not. I feel fine. You're not out of the incubation period. Plus, Justin Timberlake and his brasberries, all next on Carrie and Shannon. Hey, Blake. Yes, yeah, Shannon. What is the best pancake topping? I don't know. Think, Blake. Think. Think, Blake. Think. Um... More... Pancakes. Uh, 
You didn't see my finger quotes. Oh. Um, Crossing your fingers behind your back. Saturdays, 2 to 5, right here on KFI. We get to talk about food stuff, all things good food. Mm. Um, I didn't waste my yogurt last night, although it had technically expired one week previous. I said, don't you touch that. You're good till it molds, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of technically, isn't it already kind of cultured in a way? Yeah. No, you've, have you ever had moldy yogurt? Opening on the small the stage at no. Coachella. Yeah. <laughs> moldy yogurt. No, I don't think I have had Yeah, most things, yogurt. if they're not molding, you're fine. Can I ask you a food question? Yeah, well, would you please? <laughs> My mother over the weekend was talking about these grapes that she really likes, and she said they're crispy grapes. They're like okay. hard, crispy grapes, yeah. and they're really big. Okay. What are these grapes she speaks of? I don't know. I, I mean, she, it, it, could... it sounded like not normal, uh, everyday grapes. Are they grapes mm. like? She said they're frozen? so big. Uh, I don't think so. I don't know. Off the top of my head, I'm not sure. Hmm. Is, is, I know it's very vague details, but uh, huh? Is it like is it the difference? Did she tell you the color, or she just said they were big and they have a snap? Yeah. She said they were crunchy. Well, I, everyone likes a crunchy grape, right? Keep them in the fridge. Anyway, I thought there was some sort of large grape taking over. There probably over. is. They yeah. have done a lot. There's a couple of grapes uh, that they have created, actually. There is a cotton candy grape. Oh, they're so good. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's a couple that have uh, come out more recently than not. Okay. Um, so I'm not sure if that happens to be or if it's just a particular There are so or... many varieties of grapes. There's oh, the yeah. early sweet grape, the princess grape, the autumn king grape, the scarlet royal grape. The Google hole for the grapes is extensive. And if you don't even like grapes, there's now apples that are uh, designed varieties that taste like grapes. <laughs> yeah. Grapples. Do some research. Yeah. The first link says we like them big and juicy, so I'm going to see what's going on. All right. There. Yeah, oh. that's just, that, that sounds, sounds like a great idea. Yeah. Go down yeah. that hole, Blake. It's part of, my, part of my theory, by the way, is you can put anything into the Google machine within two pages of porn will pop up. Isn't that rule 54 or something like it's, that? It's, and it's legit. Yeah. But I'm not sure. Uh, grapes. <laughs> Go ahead. Number two, you're going to see some naked woman. I guarantee it. Still grapes. Those aren't grapes. Those aren't, yeah. Oh, Joe Kwan says they're globe grapes. Globe? I'm not familiar. Oh, yeah. Here they are. Red globe Let me grapes. see. Let me see Firm what these beauties look like. flesh. Firm, fleshy grapes. Ooh, those, those are big. Look, those look, look at good. Those. Yeah. Joe, Thanks, Joe. Joe Kwan for the win. Uh, there are ways that we can cut down on our food waste. 133 billion pounds of food wasted each year in the United States. A crap say. ton. And you figure that's, a you know, if you do just very generic math, a dollar a pound for food, we're blowing 130 to $150 billion worth of food every year. Well, some of it is other things you can do with it, and other things are you can actually eat it. Um, banana peels are a massive uh, waste. 
people throw them into landfills, and that's probably one of the one of the higher um, numbered items that you're going to find in a, in a landfill. And they can in some countries they eat them, they boil them, they eat them, they make them into tea. Um, they can use the insides as uh, skin treatment and things like that. But we tend to toss things. We just go, eh. Well, it could also be a good pratfall uh, prop, oh, yeah. right? I mean, it's set up for, for the commodity. Right. Yeah. Um, but the idea that we would just get rid of all of this stuff is part of it is the convenience that we've gotten used to for the last 50, 100 years probably. Or we just don't know how to use it because we've we've kind of been taught this is what you do. You you cut the asparagus at this point, at the snap point, and then you toss that bottom piece because it's woody and not as flavorful. But those the scraps, the peels from uh, potatoes, from uh, the, the outsides of onions, the peels from carrots, all these things uh, boiled in water make great stock. And you can make vegetable stock out of them. Um, the the carcass, you know, people go, they run by the grocery, st- a grocery store and they get the rotisserie chicken. They pull the chicken off and then they throw away the bones. But that carcass actually can be boiled and all of the nutrients from the bones and the leftover meat and all that make a great chicken stock. Well, I saw somebody had a juicer a while ago. I want to say like eight or ten years ago, a friend of mine bought a juicer. And I remember the juice tasted great. But the amount of stuff that was left over, the pulp, yeah. the pulp, the fibrous material that wasn't juiced, that you could use that for all kinds of stuff, too. Well, it's funny. You say you use the fibrous material. That's exactly what it is. It's fiber. And that fiber can be put into all kinds of things. You can use it to bulk up muffins or quick breads or things like that. And it ends up giving you more fiber and the leftover nutrients that are still in there. Uh, peels are one of those things that just a, a lot of people don't use but the, the peels of an orange uh, or a lemon or a lime, that zest is gold. You want to uh, make something pop, uh, some dish just really explode, you just put some of that uh, zest in there from an orange or a lemon. Um, you can, and they freeze well, too. You can zest the outside of an orange or a lemon, put it into a Ziploc bag and freeze it. I had no idea. Oh, yeah. No. It's actually one of the – yeah, because it's, it's mostly oils. But it is, it's fantastic. It, you put that in pancake batter, uh, like an orange zest in pancake yeah. batter. You put orange zest in uh, the custard, uh, the French toast custard. You, oh, it, it, it makes things pop. You do it at the very end of whether it's a, a you know uh, some sort of um, gravy base or something like that. Just makes it makes things really that the acidity in it and the brightness of it really makes things pop. It makes it more impressive too. Like, oh, what did you wow, do with that? that? What is that? Oh, you you will be surprised that people will respond to little things like that. Even if it's I do the uh, Mother's Day, I was making a um, I was in charge of the meatses for the breakfast, the hot meats. Yeah, the hot meats. Right. And so I go ahead, be seven. So <laughs> I was doing the sausage dish. Yeah, you were, and I liked it. It was like a, a barbecued sausage dish dish <laughs> and it was very tasty but at the very end i uh, it needed some acid so i went and put the last bit of juice that didn't go into a bourbon drink the night before <laughs> <laughs> didn't go into daddy's scofflaw from the night before <laughs> by the way great uh, great uh drink scofflaw uh, yeah you will like you will really like that drink there gary um 
And I popped it in there, and it just really it brightened it up. It just uh, brightened it up. That's a great uh, trick for leftovers as well. A little bit of acid in there or a little bit of that zest will brighten up um, leftovers. Really, I'm not a fan of uh, vegetables that have gone a little bit soft because they will they tend to be a little mushier than, you know, you expect crunchy vegetables. Yeah, I'm so cook like them. Celery or something like that. This got just a bit of extra color to it. Well, I'll tell you, with celery, though, you can cut the bottoms off and put them in ice water, and they'll revive. Really? They will get crisp again. You can eat them raw. Now, but I'll do fruit all the time. I mean, uh, peach or whatever with a bruise in it or an apple that's a little brown on the outside, I have no problem eating those. In Which fact, is good. Because I like my bananas, for example. I like them uh, brown on the outside because that means they're going to be sweeter for me. I all like the them. sugar. A lot, yeah. lot of sweetness. But we think about one thing. When uh, did, did your mom bake much? Yes. No? Okay, so what was the rule when those bananas went black? Banana bread. Yeah, right? That's like the standard thing. Now, what I do if I don't have time to make a banana bread, which is a quick bread, um, but if I don't have time in the moment and I've got the black bananas, all you do is you peel them, put them in a bowl, get your potato masher, mash them to where they're, they're you know, uh, like you're going to use them for banana bread, put them in a Ziploc and freeze them. And you can bring them out and make banana bread when you have time. But they're when they're ripe like that, don't toss them. They're beautiful. Same with fruit. If you're going to put fruit into baked goods and quick bread, um, you can make ice cream with the fruit. You can uh, uh, put it in, make a um, a compote for a topping. So you dice up those, you know, apples or pears or your 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 peaches, and you put them in a little bit of sugar. You make a, a syrup around them. And they go on a type topping on ice cream. Uh, rinds for like really good Parmesan or Reggiano. You've got the rinds. Put that into a soup and then take it out when you're done uh, to serve it. And it will give this richness and this depth of flavor to the soup that you wouldn't get otherwise. All right. Coming up next, Justin Timberlake and his brass berries. We'll break it down for you. <laughs> Gary and Shannon will continue with Neil Saavedra, our fork reporter. <laughs> Gary and Shannon, we are uh, following this report of an explosion of some kind at a two-story office building in Aliso Viejo may have caused uh, significant damage to the building. At least two people have been treated by responding EMS. There may have been one fatality as well that was reported early on. And again, this is uh, possibly a car bomb uh, just based on the fact that it was exploded in a parking lot. Again, at a two-story office building in Aliso Viejo. So keep an eye on that. See if we can get some more information because that's about it right now. Uh, we're talking with Neil Saavedra, our fork reporter. Two to five on Saturdays right here on KFI. All things food and cooking and ingesting liquids and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do some ingestion of liquids. Sometimes. During the show. Do you really? Mm-hmm. Do they allow that here? Yeah. They let you drink on the air? On occasion. Wow. It's part of the job. Bad idea. Uh, let's talk about uh, Justin Timberlake. I know you're a fan. I know well, you've got to respect the guy. He brought, How do you he, not? Brought, he brought sexy back. Of course. Good looking guy. Yep. It's a funny guy. Seems smart enough. He could dance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's got the moves. And then now he's created the raspberry. I've always wanted to know. In fact, I had some raspberries today. Why is there a hole in the middle of the raspberries? And now I know it's to put blueberries in. So 
this goes back to December, and you've got Justin Timberlake making comment of that very same observation that a blueberry fits perfectly inside the little cup formed by nature and God himself <laughs> as a place for that blueberry in that raspberry. And so he he knights them, the brassberry, and the hashtag is born. But in, in even recently, there was a the company by uh, have a commercial featuring Timberlake and for one of their berry combo creations with those two flavors. And now you've got a uh, Driscoll, a big company, a berry. They command 90% of the market share of raspberries. Trusted fresh berry brand are saying they're going to market raspberries, which are blueberries shoved inside the little cup holder of a raspberry. So, uh, I have seen Gary on numerous occasions eat a little bowl of both blueberries and raspberries. Interesting. Why do you just shove one into the other one? Why can't you just have a little bowl of mixed berries? This is going to make you even less happy. There is no (laughs) machine for this. So if they do this, and we'll see. It's going to be people's fingers on your berries. People. Wow. Guys have to go through. I'm waiting so they can cut that. So I, they will have to do this by hand. It's totally impractical. You just grab it and pop it in your mouth at the same time, mm-hmm. and you're going to get the same. There you go. Mm. Is it, though? Yeah. Is it going to be the same? Yeah, it's exactly. Oh. Essentially. Well, maybe exactly. not the same consistency because you get that raspberry uh, texture on the outside. And then the inside is the soft blueberry. Raspberries are kind of creepy. Why are you smiling at that? Yeah. I was just waiting for the, the descriptions of uh, your graded descriptions. Yeah. Just every once in a while you inadvertently stumble onto something that's probably X-rated and you don't even realize it. And right. I was expecting like that to gonna be another one. Like they're going to put their fingers on your berries. Right. Right. Yeah. Hmm. She does realize it. Well, I, I realized it, it post-haste. <laughs> Yesterday was a real rough day in that department. A lot of fingers on a lot of berries. <laughs> a lot of berries were touched in yesterday's show making. <laughs> Excellent. Sorry, I missed it. Well, Driscoll's actually put out on their Instagram account. I think it's Instagram. They put out uh, a picture of one of their clear plastic containers that they usually put their their raspberries in. And it's a, a brilliant because there's, you know, 20 or so of these raspberries in there. And the label reads, Driscoll's, only the finest berries, raspberries, hand-picked, hand-stuffed. Hashtag raspberries. <laughs> so the, I, the cost... Really, they're jumping on the fad of the moment and the fact that you've got almost, you know, by way of happenstance, you're going to have this endorsement from Justin Timberlake, who should have trademarked it. Right. Uh, So it's they're going to jump on it. And who knows? It'll show up and people will take buy them and take pictures of them. I don't think it's a long term item. Who the hell is going to do that when you could do it yourself? How about sell them a little cheaper as an assembly, uh, you know, a kit? Like two, That's funny. Two compartments. Two halves. Yeah. yeah. Make your own raspberry yeah, kit. Yeah, exactly. And with instructions and everything. And use your own fingers on your own berries. Excellent. Excellent idea. Uh, what's the over-under on that ending up on Conway's show tonight? I don't know, but John and Ken are next. Thanks.
Thank you. Neil Saavedra, our fork reporter. Again, we'll keep you updated on whatever's going on in uh, Aliso Viejo, possibly a car bomb. Uh, we'll have more with the newscasts coming up. See you tomorrow. Stay dry, everybody. Listen, ladies, it's been real and it's been fun. But has it been real fun? Mm-mm. Nope. Gary and Shannon.